Jesus is a miracle worker. And we see it throughout the Gospels. He heals the sick. He restores the sight of the blind man, the man who was born blind. He cures a leper, or ten. He casts out demons. He walks on water as if it's dry land. When a storm on the Sea of Galilee threatens the boat he and the disciples are on, he simply says, be quiet, and the winds and the waves calm down and are quiet. He raises the dead to life, and when he himself dies on the cross and is placed in the tomb for three days, on that third day he triumphantly rises from the grave. Jesus is a miracle worker. And in our gospel, we see his very first miracle at a wedding in Cana in Galilee. And this wedding party runs out of wine, and so he miraculously transforms water into wine. It's an understated miracle, I'll admit that. I mean, even the head waiter doesn't know something miraculous has occurred. He just thinks the bridegroom was uh, storing the best wine for last. But it's a miracle nonetheless. And we're told at the end of our gospel that it was the beginning of the signs Jesus would work in Galilee. Signs that led his disciples to begin to believe in him. His miracle at, at Cana is a sign that points to his true identity. That he's this long-awaited Messiah, but also God incarnate. God made man. And there, in particular, there are two ways that this miracle points to Jesus' true identity. First, he does what only God can do. He acts with the power and authority that is proper only to God. And throughout the Old Testament, and especially at the beginning, we see God in his omnipotence merely has to speak the word, and it happens. He says, let there be light and there is light. Let there be fish in the sea, and there are fish in the sea. He speaks, and it happens. Well, that's essentially what Jesus does here. He simply says the word. He says, draw out some and give to the head waiter. And miraculously, this water is transformed into wine. He does what only God can do. He acts with the power and authority proper to God. He shows he's the sovereign Lord over creation. He's not creating out of nothing like God did in the beginning. He's taking something and instantly transforming it into something entirely else. He's doing what only God can do. And the second way that this miracle is a sign pointing to Jesus' true identity is that the miracle fulfills a prophecy, a prophecy we actually see in our first reading. And it fulfills this prophecy in a very subtle way. So our first reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah speaks of Israel's longing to be reunited with the Lord in an intimate way in a new covenant. It speaks of the coming of a divine bridegroom who will be wed to his people. The marriage imagery is heavy in this first reading. Why? Because marriage in ancient Israel was understood not merely to be a contract, but a covenant, a familial bond between man and woman. So it was this 
image, a good image for the covenant between Israel and God. It was a familial bond. Well, Jesus at Cana shows himself to be this divine bridegroom in a very subtle way. In the ancient world, it was the responsibility of the bridegroom to provide the wine for the wedding celebration. And we see this in our gospel, right? Because when the head waiter tastes the wine Jesus had miraculously produced, he immediately calls the bridegroom over. He assumes the bridegroom provided these, this wine. And so Jesus, in miraculously providing wine and providing such a superabundance of it, he subtly reveals himself to be the divine bridegroom who will be joined to his bride, the church, in a new and eternal covenant. Christ works miracles and fulfills prophecies, two things only possible to God. And thus he gives reason for believing in him. But these external signs, such as miracles and prophecies fulfilled, they're not enough for somebody to believe. That's because faith is ultimately, it's a gift of God. We need his grace to move and assist us to believe, to make that act of faith and say, I believe. We need the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to move our heart and to open the eyes of our mind so that we can believe in both mind and heart. We need God's grace to believe, and this is where the Blessed Virgin Mary is such an indispensable help. When the wedding runs short of wine, Our Lady brings the issue to Jesus. But notice, she isn't asked or prompted in any way. She is attentive to the needs of her host. And so she brings it immediately, this problem immediately to her son and tells the servers to do whatever he tells you. And so too will Our Lady do with us if we invite her into our life. How, how do we do that? Well, let me say this. Let me say this, that when, when Mary goes to Jesus and says there, there is no wine, Jesus responds by saying, woman, how does your concern affect me? My hour has not yet come. And to our modern ears, it sounds like Jesus is insulting his mother, disrespecting her by calling her woman. But nothing could be further from the truth. When he calls her woman, he's calling her the uh, archetype, the, the, the new Eve he's calling her. And this is made even clearer at the end of John's gospel, in John 19, at the foot of the cross, when Mary is at the foot of the cross with St. John, and Jesus says to her once again, Woman, behold your son, and to John, behold your mother. Eve was the mother of all the living. Mary is the mother of all who live supernaturally in Christ. In calling her woman, he is revealing that she is the new Eve, just as Jesus is the new Adam, and that she is the mother of all who live in Christ. And she is our mother as well. And so we ought to take our spiritual mother into our very life. In fact, that's the next verse in John 19. After Jesus says to John, behold your mother, we read that from that hour, he took Our Lady into his home. From that moment, the disciple made a place for her in his home, and we must do likewise. We must take Our Lady into our life, allow her to be the supernatural mother who will 
bring our difficulties and problems and cares to her son and who can teach us to do whatever Jesus tells us. And a great way is to pray the rosary every single day, contemplating the mysteries of Christ with Our Lady. And this is especially true if we ever find ourselves struggling to believe, struggling in our faith. Of course, if we have questions or difficulties, there are answers, there are reasons pointing to the truth of the faith which can help us uh, can help dispose us to believe, yet we still need that grace of God to move our heart and soul so that we can truly make an act of faith, so that we can believe. That is why we must invite Our Lady into our homes and our lives. And a great way to do this is to pray the rosary every day. For if we invite her into our lives, then she will be attentive to our needs and difficulties and bring them to her son. She will teach us to do whatever he tells us. And if we are willing, Jesus, the miracle worker, will change our unbelief into belief, into faith.